This is Paul Jenkins, and you're listening to the Reluctant Leader Podcast. Now, I believe two things are true. One, everyone leads someone. And two, no one really feels qualified to lead anyone. So maybe you feel overlooked, unqualified, invisible. But the good news is, in the Bible and in life, the most qualified aren't always the most obvious. Hey, thanks for being a part of today's episode. And listen, I am not interviewing anybody today. This is coming straight from our house. I'm sitting at the desk. I am in quarantine. I have wrapped up five days of getting through COVID. Um, So if I sound kind of nasally, that's probably why. And I thought, you know, well, I could just bring you the quarantine edition. This is the 10th episode of the podcast. And to mark that episode, I'm going to do it coming out of COVID. Um, I think you'll be okay. Maybe you should mask and set your speaker at a specific social distance so that you'll be completely safe. Um, Of course, kidding. But today I want to talk to you about caves. Because I, you know, I've been in the house, I haven't been able to get out for the last couple of days, four, five, six days. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about caves. Like, who knew this was going to happen? It feels if you've been through this through COVID, I've I've never had it. So if you've been through it, then you know what I'm talking about. You kind of get that cabin fever, and it's like I wish I could get out, but you can't. You're not quite sure how long you have to stay in after you if you've, if I've, after you've been tested negative, all those things. You can start to get a little bit of, we would we could call it cabin fever, but probably it's more like COVID fever, right? Um, and so I've been thinking about caves, like what do they, what purpose do they serve in the Bible? And I'm just gonna throw a, a bunch of words at you that I just thought of as I was reading some scriptures and considering the power of caves in our lives, because there are times when we are feel like we're kind of stuck we feel like we're kind of placed in a in a position or in a place or in a season by God and we can't get out um, we feel a little trapped kind of how I have felt the last few days and if we're not careful we won't see the plan of God in all of that and so I just um, I'm gonna throw a bunch of p words at you because it's just a gift of mine and when I start thinking like you know a cave is the place of, and it just, the first word started with P and it just all started to sound, start with the same letter. They all um, kind of go together and they come from a variety of different scriptures. But um, the one that I thought of first was First Samuel chapter 22. David was on the run from Saul and it says, David left Goth and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And so the first thing I want you to know is that caves, when we're put in places where we feel like we're isolated, trapped, maybe even alone, they are a place of protection. David was protected from Saul in that cave. I knew of a a minister one time who was told um, as he was leaving a church, um, a good friend of his just said, you know, before God gave David a throne, he gave David a cave. The point was, he if he had gone straight to the throne, he might have been um, assassinated, taken out by Saul. But God hid him away in a cave. He protected him. 
You know, 1 Peter talks about that we can humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. We actually place ourselves under his protection, and we trust that in the right time, in that due time, he will lift us up. So may, maybe you're in a place where you feel kind of forgotten. I want to just tell you right now, man, God's put you in a place where he's protecting you from things that are going on all around you that you cannot even see. There, there's a, another place in 1 Kings chapter 19 where um, Elijah has just come through this amazing victory at Mount Carmel and he runs off to a cave. He, he actually is running because he's afraid. 1 Kings 19 verse 3 says Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. There's a whole bunch of lessons we could take from that. He had just come through this amazing victory, and now he's afraid of the queen, and he's running for his life. Even though God had just come through for him in a mighty way, he's running for his life. And so, yeah, caves are a place of protection, but they're also a place of pain, right? He's running from pain. He's running because he's hurt. He's confused. And so sometimes we get in that cave, We've been placed there. We've run into the cave because something's hurting us, because we've got pain in our lives. And and even if that drives us in there, what I want you to recognize is if we stay in that cave too long, then that pain can begin to overwhelm us. He was afraid, and so he ran. But he could have also hidden in that cave and stayed in that cave just because he was afraid. And I love that God didn't allow him to do that. We move forward in this chapter, and what we find out is that the cave was also a place of presence. It's it's the place where God would would call Elijah out of that cave from time to time. He would say, "Hey, why why are you even here?" And then he called him outside, and he saw you know there's an earthquake that went by, there was fire that went by, there was there was a lot of big things, a lot of big things were going by him. But what I love is it says in First Kings nineteen twelve. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Can I tell you that the the place where you are right now, the cave that you are right now, it is a place of presence. It's the place where you're going to be able to finally hear that still small voice, that gentle whisper. Sometimes we fill our lives so full of stuff that God has to put us into a place, into this cave, into a quarantine so that we can remove ourselves from all the noise and distraction and then hear God. Caves are also a place of provision. Sometimes like what in that silence, you know, we actually we actually see God providing things for us. I, I thought about my wife and I, Wendy, um, this past week. You know, first I tested positive for COVID, and then a couple of days later she tests positive for COVID. We've been having this struggle with our dog Bella for a while. Um, she's been kind of losing a little bit of weight, and she just hasn't really seemed herself. Man, on the day that on my third day in quarantine and on the first day that Wendy tested positive we we literally thought that we were going to lose Bella that day she just took a huge turn for the worse 
Um, we we had taken her to the vet a couple times. We we couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. We had to call some people to come get her to take her to the vet. Um, I'm calling my kids. I'm bawling all over the phone. I'm positive that Bella's gonna die. She's 12 years old. She's had a good life, but I'm like, she's gonna she's gonna die today. And as it turns out, um, the 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 vet sent her back with some medication for us to try over the weekend. Her her I'm not a vet, so I don't even play one on TV. Her liver was enlarged, and we, we had some medicine to give her. We had to feed her Pedialyte through a syringe, and we had to give her baby food through a syringe. I mean, it was a lot of hands-on stuff that we had to do. And, and you know, fast forward to today, um, we got her back to the vet today, and her liver has shrunk back down to normal. She's developing an appetite. She's starting to get her energy back and gain some weight. Uh, short, short story is I don't think she's going to die. But I started thinking like in the cave, in the isolation, in the quarantine, when I would have much rather been at church worshiping with my church family, or I would have rather been out going on a run, I was exactly where I needed to be so that I could take care of Bella. It's it's like that's the sovereignty of God, right? He knows what's coming. He can he sees the whole picture. We only see a small segment. He sees a, the whole picture, and because he sees the whole picture, he can position us. So there's another P word for you. Like the, the cave is actually, it's a place of positioning. God is, he's put us there because he, there's something that we need that we can only get in that place. So maybe instead of fighting it, we begin to recognize, God, you have me here for a reason. And while I'm here, and while I'm removed from all the distractions and the noise in my life, God, help me to see, help me to perceive the thing that you've placed me here for. There's a reason why you've positioned me in this place. Help me to see what that is. I've got a couple more P words for you. And I, I think this, just, this next one just flows from the, the previous one. Caves are a place of perspective, right? Psalm 4610 says to be still and know that I am God. We quote that verse all the time. We quote it so much that I think we lose the simple power in it. Y'all, be still and know that I am God. The first step to knowing that he's God is being still, removing ourselves from all of the things that cannot be allowed to rule us. Sometimes our lives are so full of things that are ruling us. They're ruling our time. They're ruling our energy. They're taking our peace. They're causing anxiety. We're so ruled by things that we don't see the ruler of all things. And I think when God places us in a cave, he places us in a place of isolation. He puts us in a five-day quarantine. He, he uses that time to give us perspective to see him in those places. A very personal story. Um, I'll make it as quick as I possibly can, but um, it's been a number of years ago, but back, um, it, well, I guess it'll be almost 20 years, um, my mother my mother passed away from a brain aneurysm, and she and my, my brother were with my dad. They were at the high school football game on a Friday night. They went all the time. My dad loved high school football. And so they're at the game. 
Um, fourth quarter, my mom just looked at my dad and said, honey, I love you. And I'm sorry, put her head in his lap and had a brain aneurysm. And that was on a Friday and she was with Jesus by the next Monday. It was, it was a horrible time in our lives. And then 20 days later, my, my brother passed as well. And you can imagine we would get together, my sisters and my dad, and we'd talk and spouses and you just, you're trying to make sense, right? We're just trying to make sense of this tragedy in our lives and it felt like the farther we got from that moment the more that we talked about things that we hadn't even seen when we were in it but we suddenly began to see the hand of God in just the small details of that weekend one of the things that I remember standing out to me so vividly was that my mom usually left at halftime she wasn't so much into football like my dad was. And so she would sit at the game and at halftime, she and my brother who was special needs um, with cerebral palsy, they, they would leave at halftime and go home. And then my dad would come home after the game. But on this night, my mom didn't go home. And it was like, we suddenly realized the beauty of what God had orchestrated was that my mom didn't go home with my brother that night, because if she had, she would have had the brain aneurysm at home and my special needs brother would have been by himself. I'm sure freaking out, not sure what to do. And my dad would have driven up on that scene and it just could have gone sideways in so many horrible ways. And we saw the goodness of God, even in the worst situation we'd ever seen. Isn't that the perspective that we get in places of pain and isolation and darkness? We were in a cave of grief and we began to get perspective. Wait a second. God didn't abandon us. He was with us the whole time. He might not have done what we wanted, but he, from a different perspective, he was able to step into that situation and do what was needed. Caves are us perspective that we can't get any other way. My ministry is marked by things that we learned in that time. Caves are powerful. So they're places of protection and presence and provision. Um, we're driven there by pain. They, they give us perspective. And then I think the last thing I want to talk about is that they are a place of purification, right? So we started this whole teaching with 1 Samuel chapter 22 and how David was fleeing from Saul and Saul was trying to kill him. Saul's kind of a madman um, and David's on the run because he's going to be the next king. Saul's jealous. Saul's trying to kill David. And so there's this crazy story in Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 24 where Saul has to go into a cave to use the bathroom. And he's in, he goes into, of all the caves, he picks the cave where David and his mighty men are waiting and hiding out. And so the men tell David, God surely has delivered, he's delivered the king into your hands. And so David goes out to kill Saul. And as he's thinking about doing it, he, he, he's like, I, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't lay a hand on God's anointed. And so instead of killing him, he cuts off a corner of Saul's robe and then he eventually goes out and calls to Saul and shows him hey I could have killed you but I cut this off and Saul says you know you're a greater man than I am um, it doesn't really change the situation there's a couple more confrontations before David takes the throne but here here's what I wanted I wanted to read um, there's this 
there's a, a place where it says that David was in verse um, verse 5, sorry, 1 Samuel verse chapter 24, verse 5. We'll pick it up at the end of, at the end of verse 4. Then David crept out unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now verse 5 happens right after that. This is exactly what happens immediately after he cuts off that robe. David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. Now, if you're like me, you hear that and you think, come on, David, are you kidding me? Like the dude trying to kill you, you could have killed him, but you did something far much more decent than that. Instead of killing him, you just cut off his robe. You and I would think that, you know, on a scale of one to 10, David's trespass here might've been like a, a two at the most. But David, he was cut to the core. His spirit had become so sensitive to the heart of the father. He had been molded in the caves. He had, in the, in the place of waiting, in the darkness, in the confusion, it drove him to, to lean into the heart of God. And I believe that caves are a place of purification because everything gets stripped away, we begin to realize, wait, all the things that I thought I needed and wanted, I don't. You, you start to get to a place where it's like last Friday morning when we thought that Bella was living her last day. And some of y'all aren't dog and pet, dog and cat lovers. And so it's going to be hard for you to understand this. But like we were bawling like babies, right? Like just, just bawling. Because suddenly when we realized she might be going then it made so clear what we needed the most so that it purifies us. It, it purifies away all of the things that we don't need so that we can lean into what matters the most. And so that purification, that's again, that's that heavenly perspective, right? That we only get when we're in those isolated places. When, when we've gone through a hard season of pain and grief and we're in that cave I mean, I know you've seen this, man, there's nothing, nothing reveals what matters most more than those seasons. And so if you're in a place that feels like a cave today, if you're hanging on by a thread, you have been afraid and you have run for your life and now you're in a place and it's dark and you can't, you're not quite sure why you're there. There's a lot of pain or you're confused. I just want to offer to you this simple hope. God has placed you in a place where he can protect you, where his presence can be near you, where he can provide for you, where he can purify you, where he can give you his perspective on the pain that drove you to that place. And ultimately, he's positioning you to step out of that cave and go do the things that he's called you to do. And thanks again for being a part of this uh, quarantine edition of the Reluctant Leader podcast. I'm praying that you have an awesome rest of the day. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you share this with somebody? It really helps us get the word out. It helps us kind of get up into the um, the podcasting atmosphere, when you like something that we post or when you subscribe, when you write a review, it really helps us spread the word and um, encourage more people with this word. I pray you have a great day and we'll catch you on the next episode. 
You've been listening to the Reluctant Leader Podcast. Thanks so much for being a part of this conversation. You can follow us at the ReluctantLeaderPodcast.com or wherever you download your podcast. Be sure that you subscribe and like us and leave us a rating and a comment. We'd love to hear from you and hear what God's showing you. And remember this, no matter how reluctant you feel, keep saying yes and he'll do the rest.